Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to Winchester Radio. Uh, (laughs) This will be the penultimate uh, podcast (laughs) for the anti-penultimate episode and the penultimate episode (laughs) tonight. Um, we're going to talk about last week, episode 18, and tonight, and uh, uh, last night's was uh, number 19. Um, last week was despair, and boy was it. Um, and uh, <laughs> number 19 was inherit the earth. Um, I, I was just talking to Becky a little bit before the podcast started, and just feeling like, as far as last week's episode, despair, there's not the most important part of it is at the end. And I want to go, I think if it's okay with Vinny, we're going to go right to that part of this episode. Um, that's the biggest thing. Uh, the, the scene where Cass sacrifices himself. Listen, I, I, I can't talk about it without thinking of the memes. So I'm going to talk about <laughs> What? What's that? I can't I did, talk I, about despair without thinking of the memes. And like I, I can't, I can't take it seriously. I'm sorry. If I try to take it seriously, I'm just gonna get angry about uh-huh. the context that, that episode stands for. And I uh-huh. either I laugh or I rage, and it's just it's, neither one is good for anybody because you know what? No, go ahead. You all go ahead. And then you know, like, no, no, no. Rage. We we talked about yeah, that. No, no, no. Hang, hang on, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Two, two seconds, because <laughs> we, we talk about it. We, we're we're going to talk about, I said, there's so much about that scene. There's so many things wrong with oh, that. Oh, no, there's so not even that scene I don't want to talk about. I don't even give, I don't camera, care about that scene. That is not even what I want to talk camera, about. Let's, let's, let's just talk about all of it, and I don't care. And, and like the Becky, I said, what are we going to do, fire us? <laughs> no. So no, there's that, too. I, I, but you know, yeah. you know what? So... Uh, I uh, there's a, there's a thing I always say that it's it's not exactly the, the the nicest thing to say and it's it's very cussy but whatever I cuss all the time we're gonna unfuck that to the side. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about the fact that I have pegged Robert Barons as the racist, ableist asshole that he is since day one, and anyone who wants to argue differently can kiss my entire ass because I want mm-hmm. you to come to me and tell me how this man was allowed to kill, I don't even like Missouri, but he was able to kill a legacy black character, fine, just to promote his failed, failed spinoff where he killed another non-white character, then retroactively was like, oh, by the way, she was going to be queer. 
okay, but you killed her in your backdoor spinoff. Okay. Mm. Now we're going to fast forward to two seasons later where you immediately gave Charlie a girlfriend that you introduced in episode three of this season, a black woman, gave her three lines, killed her, killed Charlie, killed another black woman, you may cast queer, immediately killed him. And I'm supposed to praise you for you doing what? I have never been more embarrassed by this show than I was by that episode. I am embarrassed. I cannot imagine ever telling anybody who's never watched Supernatural that I love this show and to watch it. I am mortified by what this show did in that episode. It's disgusting. This is a show that for years I told people, you know what? Yeah, it's two white dude leads. I'm sorry. It does what it says on the tin. And then, okay, they added Cass. And I was like, another white dude. Yeah, all right, but it's 2008 and fine. I, yeah, whatever. But remember, Misha Collins was not the first regular for this show signed on. This show signed on two women the season prior. And Phantom threw their temper tantrums over it. Threw their temper tantrums over Katie. Threw their temper tantrums over Lauren. Fine. Okay. Misha's supposed to be on for three episodes. Oh, but he's a white male, so Phantom loves it. Cool, we'll give him a, a contract. But you're all still going to complain about how this show is nothing but white males. You get what you asked for, though. Bitch complain, bitch complain. Cool, sign on another regular, Mark Shepard. I love Mark Shepard. I love Crowley, but at the end of the day, Mark Shepard is a white male. Okay, fine. Complain, 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 bitch, bitch, bitch. And we begin to diversify the, the cast. And you just kill everyone off because you can't not keep your core white males Oh, but you added some white females. Great. Okay. Hi, Rowena. That's great. Lovely. Oh, but you, okay. You, you added Billy. And Death is supposed to be neutral. And you added a black woman. That's great. And you made her evil. Because of course you did. Because of course you did. I just, and I really enjoy Alex as Jack. I'm not even going to hide that. I think I don't care about Jack as a character, but I thoroughly enjoy Alex as Jack. But again, at the end of the day, Alex is just another white male. And I'm going to skip ahead to this episode and we'll backtrack. But there was a point where I was watching last night's episode and I went, how are the, how am I watching five white men just stand around in one scene? And, like, you, you almost had a little bit of a passing on the Bechdel test because you had a woman there. And she wasn't a love interest. She was, she was deaf. And now, okay, fine, I'll give it to you. White woman that you replaced the black woman with, but fine. And then you killed her immediately, and we went back to five white men. And I just, I cannot, I cannot wrap my head around what this show has done after the years of me going, Supernatural does what it says on the, does what it says on the tin. I am so angry 
that Robert Barron's continues to have a career in Hollywood because what he did was not just in that episode, but over the course of his tenure in Supernatural was disgusting. And no one will ever be able to tell me differently. And if you try, I don't want to hear you. And I'm done. See, I told you, Susan. Yeah. <laughs> Vinny, would, <laughs> Vinny would give us some good information. I knew she would. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's exactly what that's exactly what we were wanting to talk about, Vinny. You hit it right on the nail. <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think I was angry anymore, but apparently I am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And and it's a, again, Becky and I talked about this a little bit before before you we got started and came on. I said, would you would you like to talk about all the behind the scenes stuff that went on? You know, like Misha knowing that scene for a oh, year. Oh yeah, we ahead. can discuss that too. We can discuss that too. I just, about it with everyone knows. Yeah, everyone knows that I have had giving the writer a note giving the writer a note and then just not finding out till months later and Misha being worried about what he'd say. And you know what? If you're worried about, about what someone's going to say, then don't do it because you oh, know I'll they're going to be further. upset I'll take it a step angry. further. Let's do the math. Let's roll the tape and do the math. Okay. okay. So you knew for over a year, Misha and, and Baron, you all knew what you were doing. Fine. But you didn't tell Jensen until three months before you guys decided to shoot 18, which calculations means that was filmed at the beginning of March. So let's say the beginning of the year. Let's give you January. Okay. (laughs) Do you know when 1509 was filmed? 1509 was filmed in October. So that scene that they gave Jensen to do in purgatory, telling him in the script that it's because purgatory ramps up your emotions. Baron and Misha knew what they were doing, and Jensen didn't. That's your lead. One of your your lead. Two leads. And I'm gonna tell you. Your I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna. Lead. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna it's give Jensen. Seasons. Yeah, I'm gonna give Jensen a title that isn't technically his, but I'm gonna give it to him on this one. Because at the end of the day, Supernatural is a unique entity. And for all intents and purposes, they did this to their boss. Mm. Jensen Ackles, at the end of the day, was y'all's boss. Do you know what my boss would do to me? The fact that that they did that, and the fact that Mm. when Supernatural went went into shutdown, and everybody went into lockdown, and Jensen decided to still support and assist Misha with Gishwis, and all those Zoom calls and everything that benefit Misha's companies financially because I don't want to hear a goddamn thing about how it's charity. Gishwis is not a charity. I don't want to hear it. And when all your charity, air quote, stands, Gish, whatever, when the money washes directly through the nonprofit that is owned by the same owner, it's legal money laundering and I don't want to hear you. You won't hear me. And the fact that Jensen <laughs> decided to be whether whether nice, naive, or professional enough to still show up for those things, Misha Collins owes him the world. 
the absolute yep. world because without Jensen, you are nothing. I have been so diplomatic, mm-hmm. as diplomatic as I possibly can on this podcast about Misha for years. Not on Twitter. I, I don't even pretend, I'm not even going to pretend I'm diplomatic on, on Twitter. Call me out. I do not care. But I try to be diplomatic on this podcast. But that's... Mm. Dude, dude, you're gross. You're gross. You knew what you were doing and you played your friend. Not your friend, because would, I would never do that to a friend. You played your coworker. Yeah. And I... Your boss. Your co-boss. Yeah. Because I, I just, I at can't, the end... Jared and Jensen are... And I'm not even going to get, I'm not even gonna get that into... Show. They were the Yeah, ones. I'm not even going to get they into what a slap in the face it is to Jared as well. And I understand mm. that at the end of the day, Jared and Jensen are grown-ass men, and it is not my place to defend two middle-aged, very successful, very privileged men. It's not my place. But it is my place to judge another middle-aged, successful white man, and I will. Also, on another note... We have been suffering from this, in this pandemic since March. Dear Misha Collins, put your hand away. There is not one mm. month that you haven't had your hand out for something to this fandom. Put it away. Put your hand in your own pocket. And I don't mean your charity's pocket. I do not mean the money that fandom has given you. Put it in your own. Open your own purse. I'm tired of it. I'm tired. Let me tell oh you. God, I'm, real, Misha, I'm so Misha? sorry. I'm real. I'm real angry. Apparently, I am so sorry, everyone. I'm real angry. Apparently, <laughs> it's okay. Well, <laughs> to that, to continue that, Misha is putting his hand in his own pocket. Misha and his and his wife apparently have quite the contemporary art collection, and I only know yeah. one artist that they collect. So, if there's any others that they do that are even similar to the one that they collect, they are spending. Minimum five figures on a piece. And apparently they own more than one. And that's a luxury. Art is a luxury. That is my day job, full disclosure. I, and I've been in this day job for over 30 years. So I, I know where of I speak and I know how much things cost in the art world. And, and it's a luxury and it's a tough business, especially in a time like this. And, and you don't... Uh, um, um, you have plenty of money if you're buying artwork. You're comfortable. Depending on, of course, what piece you're buying, there's artwork out there oh, for a couple hundred dollars. But but not the contemporary art collection that Misha has, I promise you. So don't worry. He's he's not poor anymore. He had his days in that. Oh, nothing that, drives that, me crazy than his fans telling anymore. me that, he's, that he doesn't have money. Because I remember him mm-hmm. doing... Uh, the ice bucket challenge in his Italian marble bathtub. And that was years ago. Mm. Well, he's been collecting so, art for years, too. So, it, uh, you know, he's fine. Don't worry about you know, it. I mean, I, and, and, and again, had that's, updates. That's, they were homeless. I got it. But that's not true anymore. So, And, again, that's fine. Anyway. I, I don't, I don't begrudge people spending their money how they want to spend it. But, again... You are constantly mm. asking your fan base who, even the ones who are comfortable financially, have far less than you have, 
and I have no proof that you have put your money towards anything. And the only money that I can see that you have put under your name, air quote, is the money that your fan base has provided to your companies because Random Acts may be a nonprofit, allegedly. Uh, it's still a company. Any nonprofit is still a company. Any charity is still a company. So when you have your companies, which, again, Gishwitz, not a charity. It's a for-profit where a portion of their proceeds go to, to Random Acts. Stands is a company. It's a retail company where a portion of almost every campaign they do, the money portion goes of the profit. to Random Acts. And that's a very yeah. fluid. Yeah, well, I'm saying, but not every, not every campaign number. they do does it get washed through Random Acts. So I'll give them that. Right. Mm-hmm. But every campaign Misha does, does. So, again, I'm not, I'm not saying he's doing anything illegal, because he's not. Everything, all of that is legal. You can do that. That doesn't mean it's not gross. Mm. So, whatever. At the end of the day, I am extremely embarrassed about what this show and this fandom has grown to be because this particular, this year in general, and this is something that I've, I've had build in me for a while, but this year in general, again, what, being in this pandemic for the, for, since March, well, before that technically, but everybody officially going into some form of shelter in, in place, lockdown, quarantine, however you've been able to do it, and watching essential workers, or even if you are not, a technical essential worker, but you, you have to go out and work because you have to live. And watching very, very privileged people who were, you know, just, just go, hey, could you maybe give me money to put into my account to garner interest for my tax break? And watching... And I'm going to give the one exception to Sam Smith's campaign because I recognize that with Sam Smith, she was going through, through, you know, I I can't imagine what she went through and having, and watching everyone rally around her for that, that I I give, I give, I give an exception to that, Mm -hmm. but everything else that was done and I, and I and I I am gonna put Jared on the chopping block for that one too. Every other campaign that was done, you all could have waited or just not done it. But you all knew that the show's coming to an end, and this is it. So you ran. Everyone ran through stands through the company Misha owns, back to back to back to back to back to back to back campaigns. And then interspersed Gishwis Hunt in there. And I just can't mm. abide it. I can't. And watching them all just, excuse my language, just circle jerk promote each other. It's just, why? Because you guys don't have conventions? And, you know, I hate to give Jared and Jensen exceptions on this, but they have they diversified. They have separate businesses. 
and separate income. They diversified their portfolios. And I'm so sorry that the rest of you didn't, but you didn't. Mm. And it makes watching the show harder. It makes even going back and watching episodes harder because it's harder to to separate art from artist. You all made it harder. The writers Mm. on Twitter, you guys made it harder. Playing with fandom, mocking fandom, embracing fandom when it suited you, and pushing fandom away when it didn't. I shouldn't have to watch a show and sit there and go, oh, but this is written by such and such. Ugh. Because I don't Mm. do that with other shows. My other show. I think I really am year. done this time. I, I, I think I'm done this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> You're not. It's okay. We're here. We have plenty of air time left. <laughs> it, 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 it does my, break, my it other breaks my heart to be this angry right now and this embarrassed right now because mm-hmm. I have spent the better part of not even just a decade, but going on 14 years just enamored with Jared and Jensen in this show. And I still adore them, but to dislike everybody around them is so hard because I know they yeah. like these people. <laughs> so not done. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's my closing statement. The defense rest. Okay. Or am I the prosecution? Yeah, the prosecution rest. <laughs> All right. Like I said, we got plenty of time, so... Something, something else comes to you. I want to hear. Well, it. I like nineteen, so I wanted to get that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's, sadly, I <laughs> I have something to say about despair. Not too much, but something. Um, <laughs> about the actual like scene in the episode, and not so much the behind the scenes. And I I don't disagree with anything you talked about. And and it is hard. It is really hard because the the veil between show and the people who do the show is so thin to almost be non-existent sometimes with Supernatural. It is very hard to separate. Um, I was going to say my other, like, fave show that ended this year, um, the, the two stars, my favorite pair, wisely are not on social media, not one bit. And it makes it so so much easier to 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 enjoy that pairing, and even though that show was over, to to continue go back and, and enjoy it, just just knowing that mm-hmm. you know I don't have to be concerned with anything like that. Um, anyway, they have their own uh, difficulties, but uh, um, it, it wasn't the two stars, so that's a good thing. Um, for this, for despair, the scene uh, where cast confesses to Dean, I love you, and then uh, takes off into the empty. Um, I, it was just, it wasn't even, it wasn't even good acting. At least that's my opinion about that. It was, it was not well done. And I'm like, okay, I have not been a fan of the actor or the character for a very, very long time. Maybe I'm watching it prejudice. So my, my dear coworker, um, I said, will you, Will you please watch this scene for me? Because she has 
zero knowledge and zero interest in supernatural. She, if I ever say anything, she listens because she's my friend and she's interested because I am. She's a, just a lovely, lovely person. And also her daughter was a, a, a child actress and a model and still um, like coaches people on, on tape and all that. So she's got a little bit of, of inside knowledge. I said, please watch it. Just tell me what you think. <laughs> am I like, am I going crazy? You know? And, and she did. She watched the same cast confesses and, 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 and she was like, she absolutely, she, she liked it. She said, she said, He's, I, this is, this is, a, a, a great scene and what's happening I hear the noise in the background what is that and I said you'll find out don't worry but it was the empty coming through but she wouldn't know that and I'm like and while she watched I listened and actually it was easier to bear when I only heard it and didn't have to look <laughs> you know the actual sort of confession wasn't as terrible but my my coworker said something interesting when it was over she goes she goes it reminds me of a soap opera of a soap opera scene, you know, when they make that kind of confession. And I like soap operas. I watched General Hospital for so many years and Days of Our Lives for a while and all my children. I like them just fine. But Supernatural is not a soap opera. And that type of sentiment and, and, and characterization oh, and drama. dialogue did not belong, did not belong. Did you say melodrama? I didn't hear Oh, I just said it's a drama. You said it's not, not a drama. Yeah. Oh. There is a distinction well, yeah. between soap and drama. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I like soaps. There's nothing wrong with soaps, but they're it's not jump supernatural is not a soap opera. So I thought that was an interesting comment she made, but but you know she didn't know about anything else, so she ended up uh, liking it. I would love her daughter to watch it sometime because she's the one who coaches people for like scenes and to go to auditions and stuff like that but maybe someday anyway and I was take it back I wasn't done him, but <laughs> well okay I know Becky wants to talk but I take it back I wasn't done so Becky can go first though so. ah geez okay I think that okay <laughs> <laughs> I was watching, uh, my mom was here. She never watches Supernatural. Um, my mom was visiting because my son was getting married a couple days later. So we're watching it, and I'm sitting here, and I know that scene's coming, and how Castiel's talking, and I'm like, oh, my God, I, this is ridiculous. And Russ rushes in because he knows how my feelings on Castiel, too. So he comes in to watch, and <laughs> I'm like, Seriously? seriously I'm watching this and I'm like ah you know I'm ready to scream but then after it's over and everything it's like I don't see it as the big love scene that apparently a lot of other people did because and and Susan and I kind of talked about this a little bit beforehand I I don't think it means Castiel's gay you know I think angels okay wasn't he used to be in a woman's body, right? I mean, we saw that in a flashback. Mm-hmm. Castiel, the angel himself, is genderless, and you know, I think mm-hmm. not. You know, they're the gender of whatever their vessel is. So he, it's not. It doesn't make him gay because he happens to be in Jimmy's body. It's just he's. Uh, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm trying to say. So you think gay love and I'm going to help you out with that in two ways. 
So, correct. So what I say, I said earlier, and I actually clarified this on Twitter multiple times in the past couple of days, but I'm going to be a little more detailed again. They didn't just, like, you outed your non-binary character as officially pansexual because also Cass isn't human. So you took your non-binary character officially, well, I mean, let's arguably already he was pansexual because of Meg and she's a demon, whatever. So you took your non-binary pansexual character and had him declare his love for Dean. Fine. So you didn't just bury your gay. You took it to a whole other level, man. That's some impressive bigotry. The only other way you could top that was to make him trans. And, and arguably, I mean, I'm not even going to say that. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. That's an arguable right there. But I'm going to rewind to mm. something where I'm going to be a little more technical on something first. <laughs> there was part of me that didn't realize that I was going to try to be nicer about this. But I mean, I've already said all I've already said. So why am I going to try to be nice? <sighs> I'm going to rewind a bit and then we're going to go forward. <clears throat> Dear Richard Spade Jr., this is not your first rodeo as a director. And I know that you're going to go on to direct one of my other favorite shows. You're going to continue to direct uh, Lucifer. You've done one episode so far. From what I understand, you're going to continue to direct in that show. And I assume that you want to continue to, you know, have an income. So learn how to hide a pregnancy. Oh, my gosh, yes. I should not be so distracted by your actress's pregnant belly, not even pregnant belly, just the bad blocking in general, that I have to rewind what was said to understand what's going on in the opening scene because I can see more of her body than ever before. Did you not even, like, what, did you, were you falling asleep behind the camera? I don't understand what you were doing. There is not one point in that. And here's the thing. In uh, Drag Me Away From You, you could tell Lisa Berry was pregnant there in the same way that in season four of Angel, you can tell that Cordelia is pregnant because as a woman, you can tell the difference between a woman has gained weight or a woman is pregnant. It's a, it's a matter of water retention. It's a matter of swollen nose. It's a, it's, there's details that are different between being, gaining weight and being pregnant. It's just, it, it's visually different. When you're watching 1516 and Billy is sitting behind a diner, ca- but diner counter because we're hiding that she's pregnant, if I really focus, I can tell that Lisa Berry's pregnant because her nose is swollen. I was a little more distracted by the awful wig you guys put on her, but let's, let's not even nitpick there. This show's real bad at wigs. Uh, the CW is just real bad at wigs, and I don't understand it because um, wigs are not that hard. And sometimes hair. Never mind. Yeah, oh, yeah, hair. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just hair. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put that to the side. Uh, so, okay, Dick Spate. I need you to, because you're going to be on, you're going to Lucifer and one, you know, thankfully one actress has already had a baby. She might have another one. There are several women on that cast. 
more babies might, more pregnancies might occur. Learn to hide it. Cause it's, it's, I'm not saying it's easy, but directors have been doing it since the dawn of film. Mm. Learn how to do it. That was, again, embarrassing. You have Speaking pregnant soap operas. What even really is that? <sighs> They're really good. That was not even the, <laughs> the blocking this in this episode was atrocious in general. Mm. Um, um, there was the fight scenes were poorly some, choreographed. No, I'm actually well, scratch that. Lou Bolo will always do a good job. They were not poorly choreographed. They were poorly shot. Again, that's on Dick Spate. But well, Cass tosses Dean to our right, and then Dean falls to. Oh <laughs> God, the editing! I'm not even going to get into the. Ed- well, actually, I am going to get into the editing. The editing for that scene, that final scene. Okay, wait, hold on. Why didn't we Thanos snap everybody? We are not that far out from Endgame. Cheap. That was cheap. It was dumb. It was cheap. VFX. I don't know what happened to you guys. You guys were great, and I don't know what happened. So we Thanos snapped people. <sighs> Fine. Again, that editing pushed Dean to one side, he falls to the other. But let's go to that scene. And I'm going to say this as someone who is really not happy with Misha Collins right now, but y'all did Misha dirty. Y'all did Misha dirty with that lighting. Y'all did him dirty with those camera angles. I <laughs> felt mm. bad for him. I couldn't look. The fact that the, the fact I that that episode was not, not look. Yeah, the fact that that episode was not thirty minutes old before all the memes popped up is a testament to how poorly that scene was executed on a technical level. I'm not talking emotions. If you got emotions out of that, bully for you. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. I might judge how you. I might judge you, but I'm not going to tell you how to feel. But on a technical level, y'all did Misha dirty. Angle, uh, you know, that's a man that's in, he's in shape. That's a runner. And I've, I've met him, we, we've all met him in real life. He is not an overweight man. You made him look mm-hmm. like he had been drinking for three weeks straight and had like whiskey bloat. The lighting mm-hmm. was so bad. And then the editing where I, you know, one of my favorite things that somebody said was, it looks like they filmed the two actors separately and didn't tell mm. each other what the other, what the other's one's dialogue was. Because it just, there was no flow. I, I, I don't understand. I, it was, I'm going to be honest. If I was somebody who... I don't even want to say ship that ship because you didn't do anything for the ship. There is not a single person I know that didn't already know that Cass was obsessed with Dean in some capacity. Mm. Who was surprised by that? Not I. So there was literally absolutely no point to that. Okay, fine. And all it you was really not did was reciprocated. Re- no, it was never going to be. All you did was retroactively rewrite all of Castiel's motivations for the past 10 years. Because since you can't tell me when Cass realized he had these feelings, then it's up to me to decide that. But I do know that the narrative has told me that he was lost from the minute he laid his hand on Dean's shoulder. Okay. So then I'm going to go back and question him burning Pamela's eyes out. 
I'm going to question him. I'm going to question every time he threatens Sam's life. Mm. Was that really for the greater mm. good or was that pure jealousy? I'm going to question him erasing Lisa and Ben from, uh, Dean from Lisa and Ben's memories. Why was he so ready to, to, to be, to do that? Bringing back Sam. Because I'm going to take it a step further. Breaking Sam's wall. Breaking Sam's wall. All of that. And somebody pulled up a comparison where there's Lisa talking about almost the exact same line of, I want what I can't have. And right Mm -hmm. there you're telling me that it has nothing to do with gender. It has nothing to do with sexuality. It has to do with Dean's feelings towards somebody. And you're not going to ever tell me that it's because Dean can't love because Lord help me for the people who tell me it's because Dean doesn't know how to give love. Dean doesn't know how to mm. take love. Dean Winchester is the, one of the true. most loving characters on, in television history. That character gives and accepts love so freely, whether familial, platonic, or romantic. This is a man that we learned in season one with Cassie within the short, a short time frame of knowing her was like, here's my whole life. Please accept me. And she was like, I can't. And he was like, well, that hurt. And he still helped her out when she needed it. Yeah. And the, the so dialogue don't tell me that, he can't. that Cass kept, kept describing Dean, first season Dean, daddy's blunt instrument. And I'm like, it, who is writing this? Someone who's never seen the show? Because Dean, Dean yeah, this just whole, said, this I'm, the I'm arc good of with so angry. No, yeah, this whole season arc of Dean is so angry. So it, it really is. I used to say this, and you, obviously you guys had to deal with me saying this for years, which is really going to be funny because we all, I, I, I know we all like the next episode, so bow down to me. But <laughs> I've always said you can pull out every duo episode, and it's a coherent, linear story. But I will tell you that I guarantee you if you pull out every Robert Barron's episode, He's telling a story. The funny thing is, is I don't think he's telling the story he thinks he is. Because he thinks he told a Destiel story. No, sir. You told a really bizarre love triangle. Oh, bizarre love triangle. That's funny. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, a bizarre love triangle story. <laughs> and you made Cass Ducky. Cass is forever ducky. And I don't even mean that in a ship way. I mean that all you did is enforce that all Dean needs in his life is his family, his real family, whether it's Sam, John, Mary, some combination of those, because it's not about romance. Completion of, your, of, your, of feeling good about yourself Dean is the epitome of, I don't need someone to make out with. I don't need a place to stick it. I just need to feel comfortable and loved and love in return. And sorry, Robert Mm. Burns, but that's the actual story you told. You failed. You failed in what you tried to do. You You tried to do something and you just didn't do it. But you made Lisa Collins look real bad in the process. So that's great. Mm-hmm. 
But I did like 19, and it was written by the duo, so vindicated. Yes, 19 was a beautiful episode. Loved it. Yeah. Yes, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. And I and I, for, I kept for the thinking, record, I said, for the record, you know, I want it's my usual duo. Me, for the record, I want you both to tell me who wrote 19? Who? Who was that? Who? I was just Nor about to say. Hey, hey. hey I was just about to say. About them. I've never said anything That's bad true. about them. That's true. <laughs> Becky's much better. <laughs> Becky's. But, but Susan, tell me, who wrote that episode? Okay. Wait, uh, let me think. <laughs> but it's funny because I was watching it and and um and I'm thinking this is just such a great episode. It's so good. And I and I saw those writers and you know they're not my favorite writers over the years. They just have not been. And I know you you've always liked them and you, we've always discussed this back and forth. And I I remember thinking, man, I'm going to have to tell Vinny what you write after all along because. This pair, <laughs> my God! In the end, they came through. It's, it's uh, Eugenie, Eugenie Ross Lemming, and Brad and Brad Buckner, who usually they are do. My but I gotta say, I I gotta say that they pulled it out in this episode because normally they have like, for me, too much stuff going on and and whatever. But this was like, it was actually even though there was a lot going on and there was a lot of characters, it balanced well. So I'm like, wow! I, I think I think I'm COVID, gonna have to come COVID out as good for them. The podcast, it's them. What's that? COVID was good for them. It forced yeah. them. I think it, it forced them to. It forced them to cut down on how much they could stuff into an episode. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think. I will say that there were parts of this episode that you could clearly tell the effects of filming through a pandemic were there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that those are going to be things that, you know, in three, five, ten years, people are going to watch and be like, oh, they shot this during COVID. No. Right. As we go through it right now, you can see that there are things where, you know, everyone's very far mm-hmm. apart. Um, you know, in theory, they probably would have hugged Jack, but it worked for the aloofness of Jack to of being – New God to for them to be distant. It worked, but you could tell yeah. that there were some things yeah. that were just a little mm-hmm. a little weird. Yeah. And another thing about this episode is that you know, the visual effects this season have for me have been like not very good a lot of the times. I mean, we talked about at the beginning, you know, the makeup we could see the makeup on the monsters and everything was too bright oh, and, oh. and the effects Jesus, were oh God, just no. not good. But but this episode, I I I didn't have an issue. You know, I there was mm-hmm. uh, any effects they had. I thought were were well done. I even Jack like just going into the light at the end, becoming the light at the end. Even that was nicely done. Um, and at the so, scene where. Um, the scene where they're in the church and Michael comes to them, that felt like, yeah. and we've done dark school. Even, even this episode, even the season, like the, I think it was season episode 13, where we were also in a church. But this just atmospherically felt like a classic episode in that yeah. moment, mm-hmm. which goes yeah. to show that it's not just about darker lighting. It's about creating that feeling. 
It made me feel like season, a season three episode. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. I was thinking season three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was awesome. And, Everything about that scene. And, kind of and music, scary too. and dread. Uh, and, oh, the, the music score was for this wonderful. episode was gorgeous. I mean, yes, score, yes, yeah, had the, the, we had the musical soundtrack cues, but just the score itself, gorgeous. And it wasn't mm. anything new, but it was just beautifully done. Yeah. Uh, and then, like when all the then, people disappeared, and it was so quiet and just a little. Oh, little that was that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it just gave such a great feeling. Yes. And then it was also wonderful. it was also great to to get rock music back. We got not one, yes. but we got two songs in this episode. And yeah. Yeah. It, it was it was great. I just I loved you know remember back in you know the first very, season you know and rock music mm-hmm. plays at the end you know every episode and mm-hmm. and the scene brought, with brought me the boys a good time and the scene with now very I will end, say the boys take off in the car and and it sort of oh, washed out sunset and they oh. just blast off through the and the music it was felt early seasons for sure it was just gorgeous. Um. I would be interested to know, and I don't know if anybody's ever going to be able to truly get into the minutia of this, but this is the first episode that was filmed, you know, when we came back, when they came back after uh, shutdown and quarantines, but it it jumps off from 18, which was not locked into that but already had the same storyline. So clearly, you know, everybody being gone and things like that, that was already planned. So it'd be interesting to see what, if anything, truly had to change from this episode aside from things like blocking. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you, you can't argue that like Jody and um, I went to see who was credited, but there was no crediting for the second voicemail that they got. It sounded a bit yeah, I was like wondering. Um, I was wondering who that it was supposed to be. sounded to me like uh, Max, but there's no credit for anybody. I, I, I went through the, I waited through the he, end credits, and it's the, just. Max, was he one of the witch twins? Yes, Max Baines. Okay. That's the one I was thinking of, too. That's the guy I was thinking of. Okay, because the, the, mm-hmm. the, the timbre of the voice sounded a lot like, like Kendrick's. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for anybody listening, that would be Kendrick Sanderson. Um, I, but there was no credit for who, no credit at all for who it is, but Kim Rhodes was credited for her. So I don't know if they just picked somebody like on set and do a voicemail and I want it to be Bet Max. Maybe. I don't know. I like Max. I like the Baines twins a lot. So maybe it could be wishful thinking, mm. but regardless, um, I mean, you could you can't even argue that they did that because of COVID restrictions because everyone disappeared in nine, in in eighteen. So those people were gone already. So I'd be really interested to see mm-hmm. if anything from nineteen, if anything for nineteen, aside from like just like maybe fight logistics, had to change because I feel like very little storyline wise mm-hmm. would have had to yeah. change. Yeah. I wonder if the only, I wonder if maybe they were supposed to have some of those people that we saw disappear come back, like maybe um Charlie or Donna possibly. or even Eileen. Mm-hmm. I I assume and I could be wrong, 
when when Jack restored things, restored the people at the end, and we didn't see any evidence of Charlie um, uh, or Lee Eileen and all that that he didn't he didn't restore the AU people because they went back to their AU when when Chuck got well, rid of them. I'm- Clarissa I don't and I know. were talking about that earlier because we were trying to figure it out because you can argue the AU people, but Donna and Joni were not AU. We're not, yeah, and we haven't seen anything about them. And Sam and Dean, at the end, just sitting on the table saying, you know, now it's their, now it's their story and they're finally And they free. did say and all the people the... we've lost, which is arguable, like they've lost people over the entire span mm-hmm. of the show. So yeah. I... I'm not sure how they're going to play that for 20 because 20 feels very like based on what everybody is saying and based on how this episode ended, it almost feels like 20 is going to be an epilogue. Yeah. And I was very trepidatious about it. And I would have been just fine. Talking about the AU people, they, the only way for them, you know, that means Jack would have had to recreated their worlds too. When he repopulated Earth, you know he would have. Mm-hmm. You think he I assume. I assumed, and I and I assumed that like, I feel like they kind of laid the ground. Here's the funny thing. Okay, so and I don't think, I don't think in the end what I'm about to critique or question, I guess, I'm not really really critiquing it. I'm more questioning it. I don't think it's going to truly matter, and I don't. It's so sad that especially with like the last few seasons of the show, but especially this season, I don't even care. But a question. So we've got the very clear beat in, I think it was Gimme Shelter, which I think was 1515, of the demon that Cass summons, which, good job, because he clearly dragged that girl to hell. I'm not saying she didn't, like, I mean, she was a murderer, but still, good job, Cass. Didn't need to summon a demon for that. Anyway, uh, but the point of that was to say, like, Rowena has restored balance to hell and to say, like, we don't do deals, we don't do anything, like, you either you deserve to be here or you don't. We don't force anything. Fine. Okay. I'm not entirely sure what the empty is doing. Is she just still screaming into the, her own void? Maybe. I don't know. And then Jack is like, well. She's torturing Cass. Maybe she's torturing Cass. He is there. And she's open. pretty angry. I mean, uh, well, she might be busy with death, too, because she was pretty angry at death, too. I mean, but. they both deserve it. I And I got, I wonder, uh-huh. she's talking about Amara. Okay, she may have posted him back in this episode because, good Lord, that woman got the worst deal ever. So. No, and that's the funny thing. I don't think she was supposed to come back. Here's the thing. I'm going to be real honest. Judging by the fact that... <laughs> judging by the fact that we have a whole episode of just epilogues, and judging by the way certain things wrapped up, I genuinely feel like they had no story for this season. That the entire story was just the epilogue and how to get to the epilogue that they're going to tell. And, or, or, or more rather, 
how to get to this episode and the epilogue and everything else. Like he literally gave us 18 episodes of filler. Because I'm going to tell you right now, (laughs) this has been the absolute worst season of this show. And that's saying a lot. Yes. Mm. Especially me that I'm a very harsh critic of this show. But this, I could not tell you a majority of what happened. Well, you were just talking about a a girl murderer and Jimmy Shelter, and I'm sitting here, what? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Because, and and because, and I'm going to tell you the only, it's it's so funny. I have spent this season trying to figure out this episode, and it was all for naught. Because I just kept thinking, they can't kill God. You can't kill God on network TV. It simply isn't done. So they're going to have to bind him in some way. So how do we get to that point? And then I was like, okay, but Amara, like you have, you have the halves of the fame and the blah, 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 and, and, and brother symmetry and sibling symmetry and yada, 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 yada. And in the end, <laughs> like, listen, we didn't talk about, or we didn't talk about this episode, but in 1517, Susan and I talked about it. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that was some weird vibes. Those are weird vibes between Amara and Chuck. Y'all have weird vibes. Mm. I don't have a sibling. I don't have siblings. But I never, I can't imagine talking about my siblings' wick. We're just not going to ever do that. But also, like, you absorbed your sister, you weirdo. And you absorbed your sister <laughs> because all she wanted was to be absorbed by you. Y'all are weird. What got so, like, me? Right now, I, my, why, you know, like when Susan and I were talk or podcasting that episode, I was like, "Why on earth would she do that? Because she had a fine life on her own, you know, no going kidding. and you know, hanging out at spas and everything. Why would she do that?" And then I came up with the theory because you know she feels that she has this you know closeness with Dean that she was going to be like a sleeper agent. You know, she made. Um, Chuck think that she was on his side but she was going to break out and do something to protect Sam and Dean but uh, no that didn't happen she was just going to be in the background of whoever's God at the time and it's like why on earth would she have accepted that deal that's just it's stupid like I'm going to like I think it's funny how this season <laughs> this season is all about like everybody trying to go but Dean hey Dean Dean, look at me, Dean, Dean, could you pay some, Dean, Dean, Dean. And Dean's going, guys, shh, Sam's talking. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, that's, you're watching Supernatural. But, like, like, everything revolved around Dean, and Dean was just going, so anyway, Sam, I would really like for Sam and I to be okay, because Sam. Which valid yeah. as a Sam girl, I'm like, yes, Steve, you and I are on the same page, buddy. I get you. But the yeah. minute he absorbed her, I, I literally went, oh, so this is how we get rid of a woman. Cool. Again, I have defended this show for so long, and it, is, it was intent on proving me wrong. After so long of me going, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt, Supernatural, I really am. And in the end, it went, Vinny, you are a we are the whitest show you have ever met. We are the malest show you have ever met. And we are also the actual straightest show you've ever met. And I'm like, wow, wow, you really are. 
in the year 2020 in this economy. Wow. But anyway, uh, yeah, the minute she absorbed it, I was like, oh, so that's how we're going to take care of that. We, you know, how do you take care of two halves? You make a whole. Mm. Okay. But now I'm like, okay, so we, pow- we took Chuck's powers, and he's just a man. He's just a normal man. He's going to grow old. And I guess the, the just for men that they put in Rob's beard is going to wash out now. So that's cool. Uh, mm-hmm. But does Amara live in his head? Or does she just disappear? She's What's in, going on she's now? She's in Jack's head. She's in Jack's head? Yeah, Jack said so. She's in Jack now. But, okay, yeah, I missed that. So yeah, he said, him. she's with me. He said, she's within yeah. me. And we're in harmony. Okay. We're in I harmony. didn't realize that that was yeah. a she. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's just weird. Well, exactly. I guess good for Amara because being in Jack is better better than being in Chuck. See, it just sounds dirty no matter what you do. Um, well, it's just it's dirty. Either she's in her brother or she's in a toddler. It's it's weird. Y'all are weird. I yeah. also, what happened to the what happened to the to the the Fiat Chesters? Where are the fancy Chesters? Are they They're still in Brazil? Are they back in their are they world? In Brazil? What's going on? Ooh, they Are may be Brazil? back in their world. Yeah, if back in their world. But we didn't get the, we didn't get clarification if Jack brought back all the if Jack created the AU worlds again and everybody went back to their AU world, fine. But if he didn't, then there's just two savages in Brazil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that which is season. <laughs> there, I. Listen, I let a lot slide, Supernatural. It's been 15 years of me letting a lot slide, but that's dumb. <laughs> as much as I like the idea of two sets of seventeen running around, it's, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty in my head. It's dumb. Y'all needed to explain that or you didn't. You should have, never should have been ever sending them to Brazil. Never. I, um... Wait. On a different different thing, I have to say they kind of telegraphed that Jack was going to become God with him wearing a light color shirt, a white jacket, and white shoes. Totally. Um, you know when we, yeah, and and Swan Song at the end when they told us that Chuck was God and he disappeared, he was wearing an all white shirt, and so here mm-hmm. we got Jack in basically the same clothes, you know, all white. It's like, yep, he's mm-hmm. going to be God. Because when did we ever see him wear a white jacket? He's always no, wearing the always tan. tan gray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, but, uh, you know, I, I got I to gotta give more kudos to Alex because he did such a lovely job in this episode. I love Alex. You know, yes. He was just did a wonderful job as, as the – Going from still young Jack and I, I love him in his little jammies. You know, he comes out in his jammies. You know, Sam sleeps in a in a t-shirt and sweats. You know, and who knows about Dean? Well, and I also but, like how exasperated he kind of was with Dean when Dean was like, "Yeah, when Dean was kind of like, I thought you didn't have powers." He's like, "I don't know." I feel like I sense feel. the presence and the presence was a dog and you think it's important. There's people and nope, it's a dog. Hey, <laughs> you know. Dogs are important. Granted, dogs, are, dogs important. are very important and he was adorable. We, be- we better see that dog he again. Was so happy. 
Dean was so happy to, to see that dog and they Chuck missed something and then Chuck made him disappear and that was really horrible. But at least we know that um, Miracle is fine and probably headed back to his owner because we saw him at the end of the episode trotting across the street. So I assume he's going back to his I like, family. I also like that they showed Jack with it harking back to his love of nougat they showed him eating a candy bar in a you know real quick in the bunker and i mm-hmm. i love that that they went went all the way and oh my gosh how i absolutely was so, so surprised to see lucifer back uh you know we we knew that um adam slash michael was going to be in the episode because jay gable you know um, made those awesome mm-hmm. YouTube videos while he was in quarantine, but yes. I don't remember. This is the episode of Brave Mark Mark <laughs> Yes, yes, and I so don't remember anything about Mark Pellegrino yeah. being in quarantine. And I know a lot of people are sick of Lucifer; he's hung around too long and all that. But he's so much fun, and these little sm- small pieces like we got him in this, mm-hmm. it was fun. I like seeing him again. I agree. I enjoyed, you know, as much as I complained about the five white men standing there and we, we just killed a girl and a woman, yes, I complained. But on a, like, entertainment level, that was, that was a fun scene. It was fun. Uh, and there was that, cra- that picture going around. When, it cracked me up when Dean's running up to the door because he thinks Cass is there, and he opens the door and there's Lucifer. Watch out! That just cracked me. Up. That was, yeah, the look on Dean's face is like, wow! And his eyes got really big and slams the door, and, and 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 I'm like, all I can think though is like, Dean, you're dumb. You know, Cass is in in the empty. You know, I, I don't know, but um. There's, I, I, anyway, I thoroughly but, enjoy the very flippant way Mark Pellegrino delivers Lucifer's lines. And Mark Pellegrino, mm-hmm. like Mark Shepard, is somebody that's, you know, in everything. So you get mm-hmm. to see how they act as different characters. And you can see, like, how different Mark Pellegrino is from other roles that he's in. And mm-hmm. so I enjoy him as Lucifer. He is, oh, you know, oh, I, I had a yeah, no shade of Jared Padalecki, because I love Jared Padalecki as Lucifer, but actually Mark Pellegrino is my favorite Lucifer. I'm very sorry. I love uh, Jared and Sam reacting to Lucifer, reacting to Lucifer. Yes. And I will always enjoy, and it's yeah, I will always enjoy and appreciate the little ticks that Jared adds whenever he mm-hmm. is playing against Mark. That he he coils in. He's very distant. He's very. I. I it's it's mm-hmm. very smart acting. Mm-hmm. As somebody oh, who I, did I, yeah, theater, a little jumpy. Yeah. yeah, As somebody yeah, who did theater, jumpy. I had a. Yeah. yeah, I had a really good director tell me acting you do, is when you aren't the one saying lines. Yes, mm. that's so true. Which is and really Jake funny in Abel, relation to Misha Collins now, but anyway, Jake Abel was fantastic as Michael. He was I love Jake. Oh, he's so great. Yeah. So his, you know, the way he held his body, you know, his and his tone of voice and everything. It was just completely different than Adam, and it was very regal, 
so very much like you would think the Archangel Michael would be, and mm-hmm. it, it was it was great. It was awesome. Yeah, I there the two I think the two most underrated actors in the fifteen years of this show are Jake Abel and Matt Cohen. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Mhm. They mm-hmm. they yeah, do not I'll get enough credit that. for how good they are at at, mm-hmm. at their craft. Yes. And can we can we talk about smart boys? Smart boys coming up with that plan to beat God at the oh, end. Finally, smart Chester's finally. Yeah. Yeah. Just so much fun, and 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 noticing Jack from the diner windows, noticing him taking the life force out of the plant, and then everything else. You know, there was no spell in the book, but Sam came up with the a spell that sounded so real and so perfect that it, it fooled all of them. And, um, um, and just knowing that and, Michael and would betray, it was just so smart. So smart. The only thing I questioned about that is how did you know that God wouldn't just snap his fingers and you'd be gone? I mean, you have to take that gamble. That, that's the one thing that, that so. on my second rewatch, but I guess that that was the, the point of Sam saying one last shot. Or you know, one, you know, you know, might as well was to taunt. Yeah. And I guess, I guess for them, it's the idea of we understand this, we understand God's ego. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because he was pretty point, angry. At yeah. that point, I mean, you know, there was they had nothing to lose. You know, they were the last people on earth, so yeah, you know, they were ready yeah, to they, either well, I get having yeah, to take throw the gamble, in or the, but that was. Hmm. <laughs> But, I mean, it was yeah. a big gamble, but, but at but, the end uh, of the day, like, it's, what do you, yeah, like, so like you said, to. what do you got to lose? <laughs> um, have to lose I will say, <laughs> uh, it, there was one little, I have a favorite part, but before I have a favorite part, I have one little part that I liked. Um, and I will say, somebody who, Chuck is so bothersome to me because I can't stand, I don't like skeevy villains, and I don't like whiny villains. I like I like a villain that makes me feel like I, I don't want I don't like a villain that makes me feel like I could defeat you. I don't want a villain that makes me feel like I just mm-hmm. want to take a shower. I want a villain I'm scared of. So, mm-hmm. um, but once they get rid of his power, there's this really nice tick that Rob did where he's poking poking his finger in the sand that I just really yeah. enjoyed. Yeah. Just like. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But. When he is, and it, it makes no sense, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be upfront, but I love this, but it makes no sense. I love when he's beating them up, and right before the Jack reveal, that they're holding each other up and laughing, all bloody and gritty. It's yeah. so psychotic. It's so yeah. demented, great, great but moment. I love it. But it also makes no sense because y'all got a broken arms, broken legs. How are you doing this? And I get it. You're the Winchesters. No, are. I respect it. They're the Winchesters. <laughs> and oh, no, and that's, a, that's a moment I love. It's a brother There's thing, a nice you know, Sam going to pick up Dean and and There's hanging a, on to each other. And then they just laugh and they're bloody and Sam goes, you lose. <laughs> I loved it. And it's, 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 it's another There's a nice taunt, little you know, kick that Jared has. dramatic thing. It's just, ah, you lose. Anyway. Once Jack heals them, if you watch Jared, he does flex his arm because his arm is healed. That awareness of what your character has gone through, because again, mm-hmm. that's a stunt 
actor that got their arm, air quote, broken. That wasn't mm-hmm. that, your stunt. You didn't go through that. It's in the script. That means you paid attention to the script. A plus. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. It's such a small movement, but it's, it's such a small little thing that really makes, it pulls things together. But, um, and I think that was probably of all the potential ways they could have dealt with God without killing him. I like that. I like the idea of suffering because you are no longer important. Your ego is no longer anything worth anything. I, I liked it. I think that was a fitting end. I think it's a very bizarre, the, the thing about making God the avatar for the writers and also like, taking him from being the avatar for just Eric Kripke and expanding it to this metaphor for writers in general and really, really hammering that where it's like, welcome to the final season. You're, you're canceled. Like it, it was very heavy handed, mm-hmm. but at some mm-hmm. point, isn't it weird that like you depowered yourself? Like I just, I, I can't understand the weird masochism involved in this. It's, it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. It's a little confusing. And it makes me really side-eye the writer's room in some big ways. But, you know, whatever, man. I don't yeah. know if they just got so caught up in the metaphor that they didn't realize what the metaphor meant anymore. And they were just dissing themselves, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, in the end, okay. like, you just... Really, you really hammered home how much you suck while everyone's telling you, by the way, you suck. (laughs) And I understand there's a very small faction of fans out there that are like, this is brilliant storytelling. It's so deep and woven. Mm. You're wrong. (laughs) Like, I'm very sorry, but you're wrong. You lose. This this show hasn't been deep in a very long time. (laughs) And that's not, that's. I mean, that sounds like I'm saying something bad. Media doesn't have to be deep for you to enjoy it. That's not me telling you don't enjoy it, but, like, mm, be real. This was a hot mess this season. Hey, it was just, mm. oh, I don't even know. This season, yes. Yes, yes, yes. They, this was this was not a good season. I mean, this, this episode was good, and if they pull it out next week, too, um, great, great. I would rather leave with a decent taste in my mouth, you know, and, and some good memories. But, boy, mostly season 15, woof, forgettable at best. But, yeah, and you know what? Very, I mean, there are, if next week isn't good, but I don't, I don't like the ending, I'll just stop at this episode. I'll just pretend and, this is you know, it. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is, is it, because it was great. I, have, great. I have said for years that there is not a season. I can't sit there and say I like this season, but I can pull episodes. This is the first season where I cannot pull a single episode I liked. There are only scenes from episodes I like. Arguably, we could say Last Holiday is an episode I could sit through and be like, yeah, it's just fine. But aside from that, there is not one full episode that I can't, that I can actually say, like, oh, this episode's good. No. Good scenes. Mm-hmm. And I went back, speaking of the, I call them the Fiat Chesters, but whatever. Fancy Chesters, whatever you want to call them. 
uh, I went back and I was like, what episode was that? So I was trying to find it. So much happened in that episode that I didn't remember. And right now I can't tell you what any of it is. I don't remember. I just remember that when I went to find them, like, if I'm not mistaken, like, they all, like, Sam, Dean, Jack, and Cass go to a church. Cass might go to the empty in that episode. He, I think that might be the same episode where Jack temporarily kills Cass. Like, a lot goes on in that episode. A lot. But, like, the only good part is the fancy chesters. And when I tell you all that that happened in that episode, does it even sound like it makes sense that the fancy chesters are in it? No. It doesn't even sound, it doesn't even sound like coherent. But anyway, this episode was great. Um, and I, I know we, a lot of it. We kind of touched on it. But, yeah, the, that ending montage with Running on Empty with Jackson Brown. Oh, instant tears. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I loved it so much. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I hate I hate montages, but <laughs> oh, I'm a, oh, I'm a I'm a heartless evil old crone. on my montage know. parade. <laughs> I love me a good montage and so on. I, oh, I, I hate me a montage. I think they're lazy. Uh, and Dude, I think I mean, it, okay. There could be a montage in a show that I've never watched before, and you know, you put a sweet song to it. And a sweet montage. I'll cry my eyes out, and I don't even know who anybody is in it. Uh, that's how much I'm a sucker for montages. Yeah, I just think that <laughs> I, think, I, I, I love. I them. think in this in this in this day and age, when you do a montage in earnest, it's weird. Like I'm like, mm, 1987 called. But I will say that while the montage didn't make me emotional, it was nice to see certain moments, especially like a lot of the older, older moments, because it's been a while since I did, like, a full rewatch. It was nice to be like, oh, yeah, that, and oh, yeah, that. Um, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say about the season in general and the fact that we have an epilogue kind of episode. Like, this episode was clearly very, like, short running time because the two musical cues we had were very long. They were very, very long. Uh, I loved it. Give me, yeah, no, it was give like, me all the I, I, I'm glad we had two good musical cues. And I feel like, wow, you all yeah. finally used your budget for something good. Uh, but I, I like, I, like I said, I would be curious with the trunk slam, too. Yeah, that was great. Yep. That really was great. We got work to do. Yeah. Um, it's like they saved up their money all season and <laughs> spent it on this episode. Well, I will say that, you know, by using, like, by using stock footage uh, to show that, the, of, like, the people have disappeared around the world, mm-hmm. that's a savings. Um, we don't know if, like, maybe there were intended to be more people in this episode, like, mm-hmm. credited actors, but because of quarantine, yeah. they decided not to. However, you did also have to quarantine actors, which costs money because everybody had to be there for two weeks doing nothing before you even pay them for their work. Plus you're going to likely have to, you know, you've got to pay for their food and things like that also, because that's what studios do, which I think fascinating. Like if you think about it, like with Mark Pellegrino, um, they quarantined Mark Pellegrino to 
film what looks like maybe max a day, max two days, maybe just one. I'd say two, uh, but still. They quarantined him for yeah. for two weeks to film very little, and, which well, goes to show that yeah. you know when you know that it was clearly on a very important beat that they wanted. Yeah, because they didn't even put him in the opening credits. You know, they wanted it to be a surprise. No, yeah, they wanted the surprise. And plus, like, like I know that Jared and Jensen and, and uh, Singer and, and Dab have been giving interviews where they've been saying, and now, you know, now we see what they meant, where 19 was the season finale and 20 will be the series finale. And, you know, it's very clear yeah. now what they meant. I would argue... And that's why I keep saying epilogue because I think by killing, like for killing Lucifer for good, you also close out the series because Lucifer is not a season villain. This is this is a villain we've had for. He's probably the longest running villain. Um, mm-hmm. I think, and I think it was smart. Initially, I was a little irritated that Sam has never gotten to kill Lucifer. But I think in terms of getting the audience, the audience to understand that Lucifer is truly no longer a threat, I think it was smart to have Michael kill him. Because every other time we've had someone else kill him, it just doesn't stick. Hmm. Well, I guess, no, I guess right. technically when Dean killed him, he was still Michael. Was he? I don't know. I got distracted <laughs> by the marionette, marionette legs. Let's not worry about it. <laughs> Yeah. Those are dark times. We all did. And if, if Jensen doesn't want to, it was a dark day. day. Yeah. It was a dark day, and Jensen's never letting that go. So, no, <laughs> Bob, him, you know, Uncle Bob has done Jensen dirty a lot of times, man. That was one of them. This season was a And man. Michael, Michael did kill him with that special Archangel Blight. Oh, that's true. That's true. The gold twisted one. Speaking of, I really like, I, I like, I don't think people really, like, like, going by the timeline, I don't think people really funny what that line was supposed to be, and how funny Jake's delivery of it, but when, after he kills his, Lucifer, after he kills his brother, and he's like, and he's like, how are you doing? He's like, I'm a bit winded, I haven't really gotten the battle, like, the bat, that battle was nothing. I know! He was like, I'm winded. Like, that was so yeah. funny, that I actually, I, I was, you, you, he basically teleported from one end of the room to the other. That was it. <laughs> Great. I wonder if there was more of a battle, but they just didn't rewrite his line, you know, about it. I like it was may wa- way more of a fight. But they I had don't to cut know, it because I feel like it was intended COVID? to be funny. Oh, uh, the only thing that, that okay. let go, and Becky, I can't believe you didn't think of this. The only thing is now. This is where I'm gonna I'm gonna admit that I may be mis- misremembering this. In the episode earlier this season where we saw Michael and Adam, didn't they like share? They did share like it, but this episode we only saw Michael. But like he said, that Adam's dead again. <laughs> well, Adam specifically said that. He specifically said that that because um, Dean asked him. Um, mm-hmm. How you know? What about Adam? And he said that Chuck killed him. And Dean okay. said something like, "Dean said poor bastard." I forget what the exact words were. He said he never caught a break. Oh yeah, yeah, he never caught a break. Okay, 
It's true. I mean, but still, <laughs> poor Adam. I yeah. know, but only only you do it. Only you and Clarissa cared, but still, at least he's not <laughs> in hell. I mean, he's 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 not in hell in jail right now. So true. He's obliterated into nothing. <laughs> I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I love what someone on Twitter pointed out that now when Sam prays, someone's listening, actually listening, mm-hmm. and could answer him, you know. And I think that Sam and Dean made the best parents for Jack, and Jack loves them so much. When he he always started out with them, you know, what Sam and Dean you know did for me, and and Sam and Dean this and that, and I I, I love that. I just love their their relationship with him. And I and like that. I, I did expect Jack to die, and I'm glad that he didn't. I kind of expected, like, God drink, mm. like him, like, no matter what he was going to do in this, I expected the power to be too much for him to contain and for it to do something bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad it didn't. So I'm glad that his redemption for Sam and Dean was that he gets to be a better God for them. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to die for them. And he just gets to create a better, he just gets to create a better world for them. Yes. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was lovely. And I, I, I mentioned it before, but I really loved the scene with, Sam and Dean at the end sitting on the table, you know, saying to everyone that we lost along the way, and now we get to write our own story, finally free. And it's they they really feel like they are free now, and it's been so, so long, and they've had to sacrifice so much, and it's so nice that now they have that chance, you know. There's no more Chuck manipulating things and it's just just plain old hunting, and and if if that's what they want, and I think it's also a little bit Jared and Jensen. They're free now. Oh, they totally and, broke character in that moment. Yeah, and then Jared's tearing up, and Jensen's got his arm around him, squeezes his shoulder, like don't don't worry, I got you. Because you see when he does it, Jared jumps a little bit, like he wasn't quite expecting that move you know, maybe in the scene but oh but, they totally broke you know, character because I've always said I've always said just loved it Sam and Dean resemble Jared and Jensen but they are not identical like their their face is just it's different uh-huh. and if you've ever like if you ever get the chance to do a photo op with them and ask them to jump into character and watch their face change uh-huh. You'll you yes. really see it. It's very very interesting in a way mm-hmm. that I don't see in in a lot of actors. It's fascinating. It's really cool. And in that moment, cool. they both one hundred percent broke character. And it could have been bad, but it wasn't. It was just nice. Again, for a show yeah. that breaks its fourth wall, and I can complain all day about fourth wall breaking, and I have a lot of feelings about it. But at the end of the day, I love those two idiots. Both Sam and Dean and Jared and Jensen, so I'll take it. Okay. I 
as much as and, I bitch and as much as I complain, I'm also real easy in that. I'm I'm real easy. They kept me coming back to this show when I would have abandoned for so many reasons of story. Oh, and, I've and, always said and I've, other care, I've, whatever, I've, but they, I've walked away from better from for less. Yep. Definitely, but I, I, I just I said once I said as long as they're in, I'm in, and it's 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 because of them, and I think it's because of their hundred percent professionalism and commitment, and just and the characters and the actors playing them so special that relationship you couldn't you couldn't wish it you know you couldn't manufacture it more perfectly than than they've had it so yeah. It's pretty special. Um, it it amused me when they got up and walked into the camera. You got to look at the table. <laughs> they added Gassiel and Jack <laughs> to the table, and it reminded me of the con appearance where Jared was like, "And you know, it's, we're just it's like a guest book. You know, we're just going to add woman in white Winchester. You know, <laughs> everybody well, else. And I, you know, I, I have to, I have two I have two feelings about that one. Uh... But they had already ruined it with Mary, so uh, fine. But yeah, I, and I don't think funny. much of that table anymore. But No, but I think it's so funny that because they had the SW and DW truly carved in, but everything else is CGI, and it's so blatantly CGI, it just looks so weird. Like, why didn't you just have somebody come in and actually carve it in? Unless they really did let Jared have that table, and he was like, "No, absolutely not." Yeah, I can't. Oh, I, I can't I figure out it. why. I hope he did. I hope he did. Yeah, it's, it's like a cool no. Table. Well, they were both. But, and, and it gives well, me a bit of it really a bit of good feeling. It, it, you know, I like that the actual table only has SWDW wherever it is if it wasn't demolished. Uh, but I just mm. think that, like, if you were going to do it, because especially with Jack and especially with the Castiel, it just looked real weird. I also think it's hilarious mm. that I know that they went with Castiel to avoid the cast S's argument. <laughs> They're like, we're not dealing with it. We're just going to put the whole name. No freaking name. <laughs> yeah, like, I, we I, think it's I, with I, two S's, and I agree it's with two S's because I always watch with closed captioning, so I always knew it was two S's. But they're like, we're not dealing with the fights. We're not, not at this, not now, yeah. not now. Fine. Like, I love that Jensen has always disliked that, that they added the MW to the table, you know, and now the others, he liked it, that it was just special. It was something Sam and Dean, it came from the initials being carved in the Impala when they were kids to the table. And then again, like they just started adding things to it. So even though, again, I saw someone mentioned on Twitter, it's like, fine, carve whatever you want in the table, but the Impala only has SW and DW yeah. as it should, and that's their home, and that's their most important thing. And she's the third lead. So, um, yeah, that's the important part. So, you know, it's now it's like, eh, the table doesn't bother me as much, you know, like whatever. And for me, as someone but, who uh, technically hates the bunker, you know, I don't care. I, I'm mm-hmm. still mad that the bunker didn't get blown up. I really, really thought hey, we were going to have that in 17. When Chuck burst through the door, I was like, break it all down. And it's, no. 
And then well, this episode, I was like, left. you know what? Maybe We've got will. two archangels. They're going to fight. We're going to end death here. we got a new death and two archangels. And break it up. No. Damn. So the bunker, unfortunately, Wait. lives on. And I feel like that's a direct, direct attack against me that the bunker lives on. <laughs> okay. Um, As a huge Jim Beaver and Bobby Singer fan, we have to talk about that preview for, <laughs> if you want to call it a preview, for the um, yeah. series finale because it is Jim Beaver, Bobby, narrating it. And I loved mm-hmm. it so much. And it makes, gives me hope that there's going to be a lot of him in the episode. Um, Maybe original Bobby. Bobby. Like heart. Real Bobby. Well, I, I, I don't know, know how to break your heart. He, he didn't. I know that he didn't film very long, so I know that. No. But he, recent, he recently did post about his last day of doing ADR. You know, he, he recently posted about that. So mm-hmm. my hope is that, like, Chuck narrated Swan Song, maybe Bobby will be narrating the last episode. Carry on. Well, could be. I I thought it was interesting we heard Bobby say, here's to running into you guys on the other side, which he uh-huh. said before. Bra- yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that is and um, I wonder. Um, that's from when I, he died. I assume. Yeah. And I wonder I assume, if. Because that's the only way we're going to see real Bobby is if he's in heaven. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Well, I so. do have my theory about that epi- that end episode with original Bobby. I have theories. Um, I don't want to. I, I have theories, and I'm afraid to vocalize them mm-hmm. because they're not great. <laughs> they're not. They're not <laughs> I love well, Susan. Susan's theory they is kind great. Of suck. But, and, yeah, they kind of suck, and I think they suck because they're probably really close to right. Exactly. Susan's is great, so I know that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. whenever somebody's like this, this, and this, I'm like, oh, that's too creative. There's no way. <laughs> that's, I love that. No way at all. Uh, mine yeah, is not, not great. Yeah, mine is not something you want. Mine is not super creative. Ergo, I'm pretty sure it's close. And I'm not going to put it out into the universe because let's enjoy the high of 19 for the next six days. Yeah. Let's enjoy the next week. Let's enjoy the next week. You know, I don't know why that made me think of something. We just talked about an episode that we love, but going back to the Robert Barons, it just, I mean, the whole thing where, just all the terrible writing decisions he made in that episode and among others. And it, it was even thinking, you know, we, Becky and I talked about, I said, was he even thinking about anything and how could he do that? And, and I remember when Jensen got so excited that one time he finally had the motivation. Oh, you brought mom back oh, and no. Dean can finally say to her what he needs to. And, and, and Baron's just kind of, uh, yeah, let's go with that. Which meaning he had no idea why he brought her back and nothing about it. And Jensen actually came up with this wonderful, intelligent reason, you know, and motivation. And Barron's hadn't even given it a breath of a thought. So anyway. Again, I go back to good riddance. It must be, I, I just, it must be 
best thing in the world to be a cis white male and know that no matter how mediocre you are, no matter how problematic you are, you will still get be, you will still get a job that pays you tens of thousands of dollars per episode to be that mediocre. And the fact that the show that he's going to is Kung Fu, which is going to be about a Chinese American oh. family, fills me so with disappointed. absolute dread. Oh my I am god! So like, disappointed. I'm just I like, love how the previous can he be more racist? I mean, obviously one can always be more racist. Uh, I just... I'm so disappointed. Anyway. Ugh. And I'm not happy at all that Meredith Glenn is going to the boys. Not. I don't care because I wasn't going to watch the boys, but it makes me, it makes me extremely oh, uncomfortable like for Jensen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we just I really, I really like that series. I didn't think I would. I would. I was like, I, I don't know. I'll give it a try. It's cryptic show, whatever. Yeah, and I'm I ended judging up it solely really, on the really source material. So, so yeah, I'm judging um, it solely on the source material. And um, I mean, again, like I said before, maybe one day, but no, uh, currently no. So I mean, that doesn't affect me personally, but it makes me <laughs> very uncomfortable me. for Jensen. <laughs> Yeah, like, yes, I'm, I don't think run, I'm boy, happy run. about that one bit. Yeah, but let me let me tell you, <laughs> the boys fans, <laughs> they will just oh yeah, no, they're not having Dusty Eller alive. They're they're they won't. Oh, not even because, that. Like they're know. they're that's that's not the same kind of fandom where you can now. And good for Meredith because she's to take her feet out of fandoms. Um, this thing where she you know, giving journalists. Uh, scripts on the on the side meredith we know you did it uh yep you, you, you know stop just oh my god these writers this the show this show will eventually be a case study in what not to do on in every aspect i mean there will be doctorates <laughs> yes oh yeah but yeah i'm i'm, I'm well you know um, we'll see how she does on the boys, but I'm I'm not looking forward to her her being on there because of those reasons. And uh, but I I actually I really like the boys. <laughs> it's just so batshit crazy, and and gets even crazier all the time. And it's going to be so different for Jensen. Um, it's going to be weird, but it's gonna. I'm I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it. So. We'll see if Soldier Boy lasts more than a season because they don't always. <laughs> they'll make it. We shall see. Um, anything else about the episode? Unless, unless anyone wants to hear me be angry more, which I think I don't think anybody <laughs> does. So, so I can be angry for hours. <laughs> Literally, hey, this is the most Mm. entertainment I've had in a while. So, (laughs) (laughs) me being angry is like literally a superpower at this at this point. So, yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious! (laughs) And I, I, I currently enjoy nothing more than telling white men they're just God. You're such white men. So you know. 
<laughs> I'm looking over my notes just to see if there's something. And <laughs> this is one episode where really because I, I didn't take it. notes. I just went solely on emotion uh, for both of these episodes. Mm-hmm. Usually I take extensive notes that I almost always don't even get to. And this, both of these episodes, no. And yet I feel like I said the most, I feel like I said more than ever. Weird. Well, it's nice to have an episode where, or in our episodes, that you got a lot to say about, you know, because normally sometimes this season we're like, ah, there's just nothing to talk about, you know, and it wasn't fun and it wasn't entertaining and there was no redeeming quality. So it was nice to have, you know, a rage episode and a, and a fun episode. So it was good. Um, yeah. I only did my notes and I, I laughed. I, I'm laughing because I wrote down the, the and Cass supposedly called, and I wrote down, ha, he literally phoned it in. <laughs> Who else said that? Somebody said something, but they, they phrased it really funny, though. It was like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. It was. Um, when, when that phone call first happened, I was like, I was like, no, 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 you are not doing this. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. don't you dare come back. And I was worried at the end when Jack was bringing people back that, that cast would walk out. But I don't think I, I so. Here's, here's the weird thing. Because I've been, I was so bored, you know, I, I took shelter in place and quarantine quite seriously. So in the past, you know, where November, so in the past, like, eight, eight months or whatever, I don't know, math is hard, since March, I have left the house very, very little, mostly for doctor's appointments or, like, very, like, things that I have to, to go to, to go mm-hmm. vote, you know, whatever, because I live in Texas, so, you know, heaven forbid we get to vote by mail. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, things like that. And um, so I've left the house very little. So I spent way too much time tracking filming when they went up and quarantined and everything and like paying attention to the boards and stuff like that. So I knew he wasn't back. So I just laughed. I didn't, I didn't. And I kind of had a feeling it was Lucifer because again, I wasn't surprised about Pellegrino because somebody had posted a picture of him and the Mm -hmm. actress who plays Betty Kimberly. I cannot remember her last name. And oh, she posted it uh, actually. Kimberly Sutton. And then I guess she was told to take it down because then it disappeared. So Kimberly uh, yeah, yeah. So I was she not was surprised. also in another episode. She was in she was. Adventures of Babysitting. Yes. Can I just, can um, you just indulge me for two seconds on Kimberly Sussad? Just for two seconds. Kimberly Sussad mm-hmm. played a character in a Hallmark Christmas movie called Nine Lives of Christmas. And that was my mother's favorite Christmas movie. Aww. And she had Alzheimer's. She had Alzheimer's. She had Alzheimer's. And when it's Alzheimer's, you like comfort and routine. We literally watched mm-hmm. that movie every single night. I knew it by heart. And she's and, and it's actually cute. I mean, if you like, if you happen to be in the mood for a Hallmark Christmas movie, it's it's fun and it's it's sweet. It's got um. Her her romantic opposite is uh, Brandon Root, who also does a great job. Oh, of I like humor. him. Yeah, it's it's for a home. It's very it's called the Nine Lives of, of Christmas, and she's so she's so good in it. And it was my mother's favorite Christmas movie. And anytime, I mean, we watched it every single night for for months. 
and months. And it, we could joke about it a little bit. And it was something she remembered Aww. parts of. So it was so nice to see her as, as Betty. I mean, unfortunately, briefly, but I went, oh, my gosh. And honestly, <laughs> she was great. Anyway. I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed her in the role. She was great. You yeah, know, I know. Yeah, I figures. But yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, thank so you. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't immediately make the connection that from the phone call to it being Lucifer. So, but I did, I did know that it wasn't Cass. So I knew there was going to be some kind of weird fake out. Um, so I, mm-hmm. but I it didn't, it, like right before Dean answered the door, I was like, oh, I bet you it's, and then it was. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a big surprise for me. But for, if you're a general audience viewer or just somebody who's not mm-hmm. you know, super bored and following all kinds of random stuff on the internet and paying attention to boards, because even in fandom, not everybody does that, clearly. Then mm-hmm. it was a cool surprise. And it was still entertaining even, even when like, you half expect it. It's still entertaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that part. Um, I, I wonder what they're going to do next week. I mean, Sam and Dean out hunting? I don't, I don't, yeah. I know you don't. I'm afraid that I know what they're going to do next week. <laughs> well, well, there's a vampire listed in the cast credit. <laughs> so there's a vampire, yeah, there's a vampire an officer, a vampire, an officer, and a mother walk into a bar. Uh, yeah. Apparently. Uh, or walk into and, a barn, and, and Bobby's in there somewhere. And Bobby's in there somewhere. So we'll we'll yeah. see. But and I just and at I some point know. there's pie. At some point there's pie. Oh, yeah. No, there's and there's two so, pies. Yeah. And so this putting time. all that to yep. And not not mm-hmm. not one pie, two forks, like it was in the in the diner. No, I mean pies, it's pretty telegraphed in that still that Dean, that Sam is going to slam that pie into Dean's face. <laughs> Uh, yeah. it, it's very telegraphed. But so again, those little those indicators kind of paint a very clear picture, and I don't like it at all. Well, we're gonna find out in less than a week. So, yep. So until then. Until then. Uh, is that it? Anything else about either episode anybody would like to add? Um, I'm good. I'm tapped out. I ordered, I ordered two new diamond paintings today, so that's my big news. So. <laughs> <laughs> you caught the sale. You caught the good sale. <laughs> I missed I missed the ones that I told you about that were going on sale at 8. I didn't get any of those. Um, so I went to this other oh. place that has some that I liked and got those. So. <laughs> oh good. <laughs> I'm glad. Is there any news this week we need to mention? Any notes? Any anything? <laughs> I don't Maybe. think there's any news ever again. <laughs> well, well, I mean, there's, there's lots news, of... but not pertaining to supernatural. I mean, <laughs> so... <laughs> well, well, that's true. <laughs> this is true. But I mean, there's lots of interviews and retrospectives, and you know, all the people talking about the years of supernatural it's all over the place yeah, so out there everybody has fun hunting down the myriad of interviews and zoom videos 
and tweets and Instagram posts and goodbyes because Lord knows I ain't doing it. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's plenty of it. All right. Uh, If that's it, we will say goodnight. Uh, Thanks to everybody listening. We appreciate it. Um, it was a lot of fun. We had a fun episode, uh, podcast tonight. When the episodes are good or or rage inducing, <laughs> we we have a good podcast. Um, that's it, and we'll see y'all next week for the series finale. Bye. The boys. Night, everyone. Bye. 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 And let the boys play us out for the penultimate time. <laughs> Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.